Hey everybody, Brandon and Glenn here, Minds on Muscle Show, Fitness Pro Mentors. Hey, we got some really cool stuff we're gonna be talking about today, but I'm really excited. I gotta kick this thing off with a little bit of fire in my belly, because honestly, if you've been in this program for a while, you've seen us talk about the Fitness Pro Mentorship and helping personal trainers blow up their practice, but Glenn, I got some really exciting news. Talk to me. Well, someone that you are individually mentoring, which we will not name by name, is actually quitting their in-person job working at someone else's place as a personal trainer to go out and open their own spot. The dream is coming true. People are not only making money and getting clients, but now people are actually going out on their own and jumping deep into the entrepreneurial world. And I'm super excited about that. I mean, that's honestly the dream come true for me with this entire Fitness Pro Mentorship and this Minds on Muscle show, it's happening, man. It's happening. There are so many people who want to make that jump and they try it and they fail miserably. And that's okay. It's good to fail. I mean, that's a part of life. But they go into it not really knowing what to expect. I know lead generation is a huge part of that, which is why we focus on it so heavily in the Fitness Pro Mentors program. I mean, if you have a steady stream of leads coming in, you don't necessarily have to be ever be too worried about not being able to feed yourself because you'll always have enough people that want to pay you for your services. However, so many people try to make it on their own, don't have anything in place, and they get down to 10 hours a week, and those clients aren't referring the people anymore. That well's run dry. Could be in a tight spot. So this is the thing, and this is what this gentleman, he's going to come on and do an interview with us really soon. So stay tuned. I'm really excited about this student interview because ultimately, if you've seen, we did the Ari, Ari interview. We've got Daryl Richards interview. We've got Sam Trotta's interview. We're actually going to have Sam Trotta live here next week or next Friday, which is going to be awesome. But at the end of the day, there's one thing that's more important for us than anything. If you learned all the smart stuff, you've learned all the amazing systems, biomechanics, you even have a great sales chops fantastic. You need to be seen by more people and you need your marketing to reflect what you do. And if you're not consistent with your marketing, your advertising, you're not going to scale and grow. And so I'm really excited because this guy, this gentleman is going out on his own. He is succeeding and kicking, but not only is he getting clients and making more money, but now he's taking on the risk of being a superstar entrepreneur. But I digress because that is not the topic of today's episode. What is the topic of today's episode, Brandon? We're going to talk about something that Glenn and I have talked quite a bit about with Mr. Curtis Clay, and we're going to talk about fitness culture. And openly, I like talking about this quite a bit because in my opinion, push the button, in my opinion, it's one of the most powerful things that you can do as a passive marketing stream to make sure that your facility, your online presence, and all the things that you do emulate the culture and the demographic of people that you want. Ultimately, I love Strata. It's a really, really cool facility. But if it were Brandon's gym or Glenn's gym, we would have a totally different setup. I would have different machines in different places. I would get rid of certain things. So what we're going to talk about today is designing your culture, designing your facility, designing your space, designing your colors and your branding all around the people that are in front of you and the people that you want. A great example of this off the top of my head, I think most everybody has heard of them before, is CrossFit. CrossFit did a phenomenal job, whether intentional or as a byproduct, of creating an amazing culture, right? Whether you agree with how they do fitness or not is irrelevant. When you think about fitness culture and scaling, they created a culture that had people excited. They had a community of people that wanted to be there. There was consistency among all the different gyms of what people were doing, how it looked, the feel, the kind of people that it was attracting. And because of that, it made it really easily to scale to the point now where they release a documentary every year highlighting their fittest person, man and woman on earth. And it's hugely popular. And the funny thing is, is that it's not popular in terms of 
every single person who's into exercise and health and fitness. When you think about it, relatively speaking, I think bodybuilding is still much bigger. I think fitness and physique shows are still much bigger. I think people who want to exercise to feel pain-free, like we focus on is still a bigger um, source of, of people being interested in fitness and health. However, those people in their culture are so like rabid about it and they love it so much that it explodes and it sticks around and everybody hears about it. And that's the kind of thing that I think we want to create or you, know, you want to create for your gym and we want to help you create and Brandon is created here at Strat and I help him continue that legacy on is we are now this place that has got a great reputation and it's scaling. There's more trainers coming into the fold over the next six months here at Strata. We are getting more leads, I think, than any other place in town, given that it's August, which is absolutely crazy. This is usually the driest time of the year. And it's all because we really understand the culture of what we're trying to create here and we understand how to scale it and make it bigger. You know, I don't know if I understand it, but I would say that, I mean, it's a very powerful thing is that CrossFit, you know, so Tom Purvis had this one day RTS course called the missing link for a while. And I don't know if he's still teaching it, but I really loved it because he talked a lot around professionalism and challenging yourself and really making sure that the way you reflect yourself every minute of every day, 100% undivided attention was all about the person that's in front of you. Well, your facility needs to be like this too, your space and your community. And this is where I love online communities because when you're a one-on-one -on -one based personal training studio, creating a culture with one-on-one, -on -one, Glenn with his client, you can create a one-on-one -on -one culture and you absolutely need to. But when Glenn leaves that relationship with that client and the next client comes in, those two clients don't mingle. They don't interact. They have no association with one another. And the only way that they're even remotely connected is via Glenn. So I think this is a really interesting conversation topic because like Glenn said with CrossFit, CrossFit and other commodity-based fitness businesses create an incredible business model around the community and the group association. And there's something really powerful to talk about group association in your business. I mean, it's infectious. Openly, I'm a very competitive, someone who used to be quite athletic when I was younger. The idea of going to CrossFit and smashing weights and competing against other people really is attractive to me. But I think it's important to recognize from a health and fitness academic end, that that's not really healthy, right? It's healthy to be competitive. It's healthy to challenge yourself. It's healthy to embark in sports, but making sports and fitness this competition of trying to constantly do more and more and more and more and more and more as a health side thing, we're a little reluctant for that because in most cases I've seen people get injured. You know what I mean? It's a dose response thing. Yeah, that whole idea that Greg Mack introduced us called hormesis, right? You do too much. I mean, it's inevitable, right? If I keep trying to deadlift more and more, I try to keep cleaning and jerking more. I mean, ultimately... I'm going to get jacked up. There's no way that my body, which is aging and slowing down, is going to be able to pick up more and more and more weight. Because if that was the case, I'd be deadlifting 700 pounds right now. And 70-year-olds, people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, would be beasts. Culture-wise, though. Well, he still is a beast. Culture-wise, though. One thing they have done is that group bias, that competitiveness, draws competitive people. It gets people excited. People like being around other people. I mean, if I'm not having a super motivated day and Glenn comes in and Taylor comes in and they have all this infectious energy, there's no way that's going to not rub off on me just a little bit. But here's the question that I would extend to you. From at least a cultural perspective, how can you bring a community and culture vibe into your fitness facility or wherever you work to help you attract more of the clients. Glenn, what do you think? What do you think? How can you bring more of that culture into your gym to attract more of the clients that you want? Yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind, if you have a facility is people. 
So I, I know we've got different people in their mentorship where they have their own facility and it's a small little place, which is fine. But if you are going to eventually grow and have more people work out of that facility, which most people in the mentorship are at least planning to look at that at some point in time, a really important piece is attracting the kind of people and having the kind of people that represent where you want to take your business, the kind of values that you have, the way you want to do things. Hopefully they're operating at a high level of integrity. You want to have those kind of people working alongside you. If you want to go one way, which is bodybuilding physique, and they want to go the other way, which is move and exercise pain free, those two kind of clients and the way those people interact with those clients and the kind of things they do look really, really different. And that's when you start getting this mishmash of you walk into a gym and things look super inconsistent. One person's doing like drop sets of squats and grunting. Another person is slowly walking on a treadmill as they nurse their knee. Another person is doing like crazy sprints in the background, whatever that would be because they're an athlete. It looks really, really weird when you walk in there and people don't really know what to make of that from a culture perspective. And then how do you even go ahead and market that? Oh, we're the gym that's for everyone. Breaking news, so is everybody else. It's true though. It's true. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's funny that you bring that up. I mean, I, so, you know, I, I'll say this, and I think, I think a lot of people can reflect on this, and I know when I've talked to other people who've gone on to open their own studio, they can reflect this. I made a gigantic mistake by accident at the beginning of opening this facility, and I believe that everyone who opens a gym goes through this because being a personal trainer doing high level one-on-one -on -one service is a very selfish business. And by selfish, I mean that, that I need to focus all of my energy on maintaining my client base and taking care of my clients and nurturing my clients and marketing and advertising at the beginning myself and what I do to draw more people in so I can selfishly make sure that I have enough money and or clients to take care of myself and I'm servicing a very specific demographic. Now, most people like me in this case, and this is just my opinion, take that experience and all those clients and they go on and they go, hey, I'm super busy. I'm making a lot of money right now. Great, I'm gonna go open my own studio. This seems like a perfect opportunity for me to scale. True, but the problem is that you, and you have to be careful of this if you're planning on scaling, is I built my entire business around me. Which means that when I opened this brick and mortar facility, guess who was calling for who they were calling for. They were calling for me and they were calling for Chris, who was also here at the very beginning, which meant that when we brought on Taylor and Margaret and Kim and a few other people at the very beginning of opening Strata, no one wanted to work with Taylor. No one wanted to work with Kim. No one wanted to work with Margaret because they weren't calling for them. They were calling for me. And what I did and what Chris did is we created a specific culture and energy and vibe amongst our clients that really helped us scale and grow. Amazing. But the problem is, how do I have someone call the gym and want to work with this guy? How do you do that, Brandon? I don't know. I just make it up. No, honestly, <laughs> honestly, the truth is, is that you need to create a culture with your advertising and your marketing that helps to showcase people like me go to places like this. You need to showcase that's not so much around a person, but it's the actual experience and the actual exercise and the actual facility and all of the people in the facility that help everyone move better and feel better. One of the most powerful things that we've done are champion videos. I've talked about this many times before, but honestly, it's 
so insanely powerful that every time I do an interview with someone or I talk to someone and they're like, Brandon, I need to scale and grow. What should I do? It's the easiest way to get out of your own way. Because if I interview Glenn as a client and I have him say all these things that sound like I'm doing some sort of holistic medical hoobie-jooby in his words, but while he's saying, I've been working with Brandon, I had this back pain, I started doing some stuff that he showed me, and I felt X, Y, and Z, and now I can do X, Y, and Z, and someone's like, oh, this sounds like therapy. And then I overlay that with B-roll, secondary role of Glenn doing traditional exercises, maybe slightly unique looking exercises, but not only showcasing just me working with him, but maybe another trainer in here, or him working all on his own. We get this incredible, amazing story of what helped Glenn progress and grow, on top of him doing what looks like what everyone else is doing, but how come no one else is saying all these amazing things about how they feel after they do these things after doing them? And so this creates a really, really cool vibe where people see someone like Glenn, they're like, hey, I'm like him. I'm the same age. I have the same beard. I like soccer. I've got a bad knee. I've got a bad back. But I thought I was doing those things and then how come it's not helping me? And from there, more people like Glenn start to come in the door. It's beautiful. I love it. I, so when we, when we started this conversation, we said, okay, you said, Glenn, you know, how do we start scaling this whole fitness culture thing? And we started with, okay, we'll find people who are going in the same direction as you and then move forward with them together, right? Educate them, help each other, grow, support each other. And they said, okay, but now what? Well, okay, well, when you open your facility, don't make it about you, make it about the facility, make it about what people get when they get here, the experience, have champion videos, right? So they're asking for strat, I'm not asking for one person. Yeah. Now, so we've got our people in place and we've got the people knocking at the door that wanna be here. Let's talk about something else, Brandon. And this is probably um, on my mind because it's a big pet peeve, uh, especially recently after conversations you and I have had, which is cleanliness of the facility. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you, especially if you're selling high ticket one-on-one -on -one personal training, how important this is, is cleanliness of your facility. Because how clean you keep your facility is gonna be one of the first things that people notice, right? Is the paint chipping? Is the bathroom clean? Is there hand sanitizer or paper around? Is all the equipment put away in the right spot? Is everything neat and organized? Is it easy to navigate the facility? All of this stuff imprints the idea of cleanliness in, the, in, in your mind. Now, I've worked at a couple different gyms, and I'm going to tell you two different experiences. I worked at one place, I'm going to name it Unnameless, where when I went there, it was the first gym I ever worked out of. Um, it was uh, unkempt, unclean. The bathroom smelled uh, not great. The paint was chipping. Um, there, the turf was peeling, there was chalk everywhere, and it was reflected in the amount of money I had to pay for this rent. So like the rent for that facility was something like 750 a client, which is like if, yeah, which is when you think about it, if you charge $100, typically Low. you're paying like 15, 20, maybe to $30 to rent that, that facility for now with that client, yeah. 750 is not very much at all. And where was, and so, you know, where's that money going? probably right into the hands, not a lot of upkeep going on there. And it was a terrible experience because I was trying to charge people at that time $95 an hour for my services. And they'd walk in and the front desk looked okay, but the second we go to the gym floor, mm -hmm. it looked terrible. And I really had a hard time holding on to clients. And a couple of them even came out and told me like, the facility just not that nice. And like, it stinks in the bathrooms and, and you're great, but I just don't like being there. Like it just doesn't make me feel good. And if one or two people are saying that, most definitely other people are thinking it. For sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's, 
you know, there's time when I first opened the gym, there was definitely like a little bit, it wasn't perfectly clean. I didn't have my cleaning lady coming as regularly as I do right now. And I'd be like, I'd be embarrassed when I'd see like a little dust ball in the corner or something like that. And then the clients would go, Oh, but you're a gym. That's just okay. And I was like, that's exactly why I need to start getting someone to come in here more. Cause if you were going to hire an attorney, right? You're hiring an attorney for whatever service and you go in their office and there's like, it's just a mess, right? There's papers everywhere. It's a big pot, like right upstairs right now. I'm getting a new desk. It's a mess up here right now, but you see all clean, right? If it looks all clean and organized when you walk into this place, right? How you do one thing is how you do everything that carries over absolutely to how you immediately anchoring effect, primus effect, think of the individual, which is one of the reasons why an organized clean facility really makes you stand out. I think it's such an important thing. The thing I was going to say about the whole missing link thing that Tom brought up that I'm a huge fan of when you walk into the bank, right? The bank clean, sharp, smells okay, right? It doesn't smell like perfume. doesn't smell like garbage. It's, you know, it's all clean. And then you go up to the bank teller and most bank tellers are really, really nice. But if any one part of that experience, right, the building is an inconvenient location, it's messy when you walk in, the bank teller that you see over there is that crab apple one that always gives you a hard time when you talk to them. All of that builds up to this mag, like this, the ultimate experience of, I just don't want to go to that spot. I wish there was a drive through. Mm. And in some cases, to the point that you might even think about going to an entirely different location just because it's a mess. So really simply, keeping your facility clean is a no-brainer, but you have to see it on like the big picture side of it, satellite view. You might not think it's a big deal that there's dust bunnies in the corner, and your clients might even say, but Glenn, this is a gym. It's okay. But at the end of the day, they're all watching. They're all looking, and there are subconscious experiences that people have with this place smells, it's hot, it's messy, that turns into how they think of you and your facility. In my opinion, opinion exclusively, we should be dressing and cleaning, keeping Mm. ourselves clean, and we should all be trying to exceed the expectations of that of what clients think of a regular personal trainer. You should be really trying to go outside of the box of what they think. I was going to say an extension of cleanliness is how everybody in the facility is dressed mm-hmm. and how they look. Because I think that, and like this is another thing, like you, if you go into a facility where you're not paying very much for personal training or experience or very much for the gym membership, you, you will notice this all over the place. Personal trainers wearing old shirts, tank tops, they're wearing dirty clothing, their shoes are untied, maybe their hair is unkempt, they're still sweaty from their last workout, all this kind of stuff. If you go into like a high-end facility where you're paying a nice chunk of change for your personal training sessions, all the professionals at least have their hair done and their hygiene is taken care of. They're probably not all wear, I mean, it's okay to wear gym shorts, don't get me wrong, but what you'll notice is a majority of them wear like cargo shorts or like dressier pants, right? They maybe have polo shirts on. Their shoes are tied. They're not sweaty. They're ready and prepared to go. And you get this feeling of like, I'm in good hands. If this person's taking care of themselves, they can take care of me. If this person's walking around and they, and like, I know for me, it's like people don't even have a clue. Like if I see a trainer walking around like a tank top and their shoes untied, I'm like, this person just walked off the street and started exercising with someone. And whether... Low standards. Well, that's it. And like whether or not, I think this is the big thing. Whether or not you, th- you have an amazing technical knowledge or not, you can be the most technical trainer in the world. If you're walking around in a tank top, unbuttoned shoes or sandals, and like shorts every session, people aren't going to take you seriously. It doesn't matter how technical your knowledge is and how great you can explain it. People are going to judge you on how you look all the time. It's a part of the experience, right? But mm. there are p- plenty of people who I think might not have the technical knowledge because they look the part and they can at least speak the part to a degree. They're full and they're busy. 
right? These optics, yeah. it's op- in shape. People are in shape. The, that. Yeah. The, I mean, the optics matter, I think, a lot more than we think sometimes. Oh, yeah. I would 100% agree. And I think I, it's a shame, though. It's a real shame. Because, I mean, if you think, that's a good example here. If you think of someone pulling up in front of your facility, right? You don't know anything about them, but they show up. They're well-dressed. They pull up in a red Porsche, the convertible. They've got their Ray-Ban sunglasses on and they're wearing a suit. They've got their nice tan pointy toe dress shoes on and they walk into your facility without them opening their mouth. There is instant impression of this person is successful. Mm-hmm. This person has money. This person has a great life. This person has X, Y, and Z. Right, this idea of this anchoring thing. Now, openly, there are tons of people exactly like this particular person I just described that have no money and have spent all of their money on these toys and these little things to give the outward impression that they are successful. And I think personal trainer, this is where, you know, I mean, I have really, really high standards in my opinion, like specifically of how trainers should dress, how trainers should present themselves, how they should communicate, how they should articulate, because the general... 99.9% of personal trainers do not embody all the characteristics of being a professional. And there are all these little concessions that are made where one trainer, like Len or I, sees another trainer training people in a sleeveless tank top in great shape. And we go, oh my gosh, that person outwardly seems successful. If they can do it in a tank top, that means I can do it in a tank top. My mentor, Peter, used to wear stained, I love Peter, by the way, past now love him but he used to wear like stained sweatpants to work with some people and i was like oh well i guess this is just acceptable and i did that for a period of time without really thinking about it over a decade ago and that's not true in reality if you're having clients that are paying you 150 100 an hour over three figures an hour let's just say that 200 dollars, 300 whatever if you were paying that for a service how would you want the professional dressed if you were to, right, like how would you want the professional to embody themselves? How would you want them to take care of themselves? Now, there's an, in, there's an amount of a trainer being in shape and being healthy, but I don't think in shape means like looking like a bodybuilder, you know? No. And, and if you're, and listen, if you're ITA, um, the people that you want to work with are bodybuilders and you got a whole bunch of muscles and you're helping them get jacked, then there might, there might be. There might be some wiggle room for that. Honestly, there might be some. They, they might that might be like really inspiring to them. Like if you're there and you're in a t- if you're in like a nice pair of shorts and like a nice tank top and you've got muscles and like you help people with bodybuilding and that's like what you're into and like you dive into that head first. People might pay you a lot of money to do that with them, and that's totally understandable for that target demographic. Most people, most general population people, want somebody who is clean has good hygiene, looks well put together, clearly like takes care of their hair, their facial hair, all that kind of stuff. That's what most people are expecting. Now, there's one other sidestep with all of this that I think is really interesting that I've seen happen here at Strata after six years that I did not expect to happen. It makes sense to me now though, but the actual demographic of people in our facility actually attracts more people like them. Right. And Seth Godin says it best. People like me go to places like this. And when we started doing our membership on top of our one-on-one service, right, our membership here is an exclusive service just for our one-on-one clients. And this helps to maintain a really high quality demographic in our facility, which is cool. But it means like right now, there's some people on the gym floor exercising on their own, doing their own thing. And them doing those exercises on the floor, they see other people like them, same age demographic, maybe some joint problems, and they go talk to them and they build a community and they start chatting and then they start inviting their husband 
or their wives or their friend. They say, yeah, you got to check out this place. It's amazing. The equipment is amazing. The place is amazing. And I, I think that's really incredible because you get like this compound interest, like, a, like an investment where you start working on creating a nice clean facility. You get more people in the facility that you want in your facility that resonate with your client avatar. And then they're so happy in here, they start telling more people. And talk about like the best hot referral style lead. I think it's incredible. Remember the CEO avatar that we talked about? If you don't know what we're talking about, check out last week's episode. But if we have the CEO avatar, you should have a CEO facility. How do you think of your facility? How do you want your facility to reflect what you do? And if you do a great job, it'll attract the people that you want. Yeah, I think there's also something to be said about getting rid of the people that are hampering your facility as well. Um, because I mean, I, I, every gym that I've worked at that I can at least think of yeah, pretty much everyone I've ever worked at, at least for more than a year or two, has had to let trainers go because of the negative impact they were having. And once that trainer was gone, it made a huge difference in the quality. And like people are like, oh, but you know, that person brings in thousands of dollars a month, X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. But it kills morale of the other trainers in the facility. Even the members that go there don't like being there. And that ultimately is going to have a much larger impact on your bottom line. I can think of... Now I can, on every gym I've worked at, I can think of like getting rid of toxic trainers made a huge difference. And in addition, toxic clients. There are some clients, toxic I, I mean, I've had it happen to myself too, where I had a client who was, I think a toxic guy. He definitely had some anger issues. It never was really a huge problem until it was, right? That's how these things go. And I remember, you know, he got in like a, not a physical altercation, but altercation with like a, like a young teenage kid. Where they're like having words with each other. In the facility? In the facility, on the gym floor, and when he came to work out on his own, and I wasn't there, um, but it, you know, you can't have a 35-year-old man having beef with a 15-year-old kid. And like, granted, I, I I got a recollection of the of the conversation, and it doesn't it just sounds like both of them were in the wrong, but that doesn't that doesn't make it okay. Like those kind of people should not be at your facility because they're killing the morale and killing the community that you have. You got to get rid of the poison in the well, right? How many different movies have we watched where the poison, right, goes in someone's drink and then they die or they get taken advantage of something horrible like that? It only takes a little drop of something to dilute the whole, um, to ruin the whole drink, so to speak, right? So if you've got people in your facility, toxic clients, toxic trainers, either you got to get rid of them or you have to have a war with them so they start changing who they are in your facility because it is it will ultimately kill your business. It will kill it. Yeah, Glenn, actually, we have our little show notes here, and Glenn wrote a great point on consistency and education. And the reason why I want to just say that and let him, I want you to talk about what you were thinking with that. But in the Fitness Pro Leaders Program, like when we're talking about like gym ownership and attracting the team that you want, um, I really talk a lot about that, <coughs> attracting the team that you want. And it's the same with clients. Like how do you attract the clients that you want? But when it comes to toxic people, if you're creating an environment and you are extremely open-minded, you have open conversations with people that are causing conflict, challenges, there's any dispute, you chat about that right away. You create an environment that's all around high quality education. You're constantly educating your staff, your team, you're talking, you're offering lots of opportunity. I mean, we've got our fitness pro mentorship stuff and to Strata, I offer pretty much access to almost everything to anybody that has any questions about it. So that way they have information galore to make decisions and help themselves grow. And with all of that, it helps to bring the right people in. And then this is where, since I've started doing that, focusing purely on education to draw and build the team that I want, I find that the riffraff, if you will, or the low quality, 
angry, tense energy trainer or other people, which does bring changes the dynamics of the gym floor dramatically. I haven't had any of those. I don't have any of that. The people that want to be here are naturally here because the opportunities we create lines up with what they're looking for. The clients, the facility, it all lines up with them. And people that don't want to be here are not here. And openly from a business end for a while, I went around and I tried to hire, I tried to, you know, I don't want to say poach, but like, you know, headhunt trainers that I wanted to be here. And I had a few chats with them and I realized quickly that that's not what I wanted because they were so set in their ways and they were so stubborn, if you will, because they've been doing it for so long that it wasn't us being on a team together. It was us going to be literally just sharing a space. And that's not what I want. It's the same thing with our clients. All their clients are going the same way. They all want to live better, feel better, and have less pain in their body, but have a great quality life and be in shape forever. How great is that? Yeah, I think with the education and of things in the culture and of things when you're looking to bring on people to your facility, mind you, I've never necessarily had to hire as a, uh, a gym owner. But when I worked at uh, a, uh, an athletic clothing company for many years, I was a key leader and I would do interviewing and I would do hiring there. And what I learned was that you don't want to try to find people and try to shove them into your mold. You ideally want to attract the people that are already a good fit for your culture. I mean, that's what it is. And that's where that education piece, I think, comes in so much is that if you've got um, education that you run in your study groups and whatnot, and you have, and this is something I got from Brandon, you have other trainers, local ones, want to come join you and learn from what it is that you're doing, they get a, like a taste of what's to come, right? It's like they get like a little, like, you know, when you go out to find your cake for your wedding or something like that, you try a whole bunch of all these little other things to see how they taste, and you get to find out, well, which one tastes the best and what you want to have at your wedding. It's the same idea is that these trainers, they get to have a little taste of what you're doing, and it tastes so good, and they get to know you as a professional, they get to know your facility, know the other trainers that are on the calls with you, such that, like, they want to work. I mean, that's kind of how... I found you here is that you know, I said, hey, Brandon, like, it'd be good to connect with you. And we kind of had an informal sit down conversation together. And I was like, hey, man, like, I really like the, the taste of, uh, of Strata right now. Like, you know, can we talk about it? And then I ended up coming here. Is it almost a year ago? I guess this almost two years, a year and a half Both years ago. But yeah. I, I, I sort of fished you, but I fished you kind how of. I fish a little bit. I'll be open, very, very open. And I remember it because so okay. Glenn came okay. to test. No, no, no. And I, I don't want to say like I attracted Glenn, by any means, he was coming to do a test with, right? I'm a tester for the muscle system specialist program. And so he came out to test out with me. And I remember every time you come up here and you're like, Hey, so how's everything going here? And I can't remember. I said something, I say the same thing to every trainer that comes from like, honestly, it's great. I mean, all of our trainers here are doing really, really well. They're, they're making lots of money. They're happy. We've got lots of clients coming in. And I remember you like stopping in the middle of the test and you're like, Oh, uh, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I try to create an environment where the trainers can make the most of money possible and there's lots of education and stuff like that. And you didn't really say anything else about that. And then you messaged me a little bit later. Hey, I was wondering if we could have a chat. And so I'll be open, right? I, I didn't like, I'm joking around a little bit. I, I didn't like, okay, I'm going to get Glenn. But it was, what I do openly is I throw conversation pieces out there because everything I said was true. It wasn't like, I mean, Glenn's still here. So obviously I haven't like pulled the wool over his eyes and be like, you're not going to make any money, but I give you, you know, it was very much like I threw some words out there. I explained a little bit about what we do softly. And I always do it as kind of like a reverse negative where I kind of like throw it out there, maybe ask a question about something else. So I throw a bit of information and then move on. But what I did allow was I allowed for Glenn to kind of percolate on the information and you know, I want to use, I was going to say capitulate, if you will, to change. He came in here for a test and go, maybe I want to talk to this guy about something else. And I've done that with pretty much everyone. I mean, honestly, 
Uh, we have two new people that started here and I did the same thing. I just like with clients, I nurtured them, both Rich and Lucy, and it worked out really, really well. And I do with a lot of, lots of trainers, but it doesn't work out all the time. But I would like jokingly, I mean openly, you know, hiring someone like this awesome person here, it comes down to, are you creating the environment to attract someone like him to the facility? And there was a bit of sales on that side too. Do you remember that conversation? Uh, no, I was going to say that's probably how you know you did it really, really well because I don't remember. I remember sitting down with you like at this very desk and talking about it, but I don't remember. I don't remember that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and this is the whole thing is that if you create, because I create, the facility was clean. It was a huge upgrade from when Glenn first came in here years ago. Uh, the team had really grown. Taylor, who was a peer of Glenn's, really, really grew into a professional. So I'm sure you saw all mm -hmm. these markers of someone growing and succeeding. And then I kind of jokingly threw this out. Yeah, everyone makes a lot of money here. They're doing pretty good. Anyway, let's move on. So, well, I mean, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we've actually almost covered everything that we wanted to cover today. And the big thing that's standing out, you know, for me is, you know, you, you take a look at where you are as, um, as a professional and you've created this business for yourself. That's amazing. You're attracting the clients that you want to attract. You love the people that you're working with. You're earning the money that you want. And now that switch goes off in your brain where you say it's time to scale. And you look at all these different things that are going to make a huge impact on how you scale, which is going to be the cleanliness of your facility, the kind of education that you're giving yourself, but also the education of the people that you're attracting into your purview as well. Taking a look at consistency and like the protocols and how everything is done at your facility, consistency in like your branding, consistency in your marketing, being the destination for these kind of people, making sure that you're managing the people both inside and outside your facility and you do all those kind of things and you manage them as you need to and you scale and it's not I mean it seems easy I wouldn't necessarily say it's that hard it just it kind of takes time it takes time and work and wanting to pay attention to those like you said being paying attention to those details yeah. right Paying attention to those details and not being attached to something if it doesn't work out. Like making sure that you're trying to create the best possible environment for your clients so you can draw the right people in, create the right community, create the church or the community center or the CrossFit of your town that attracts your client avatar. Absolutely key and super pivotal. And I think that's a lot of fun. So anyway, listen, if you want to chat to Glenn or I at all about creating your own fitness culture and what you can change right now in your facility, we'd love to donate some of our time to try and help you guys out. In the Fitness Pro Mentorship Program, in our 12 weeks, we talk all around how we're portraying ourselves and how people see us, our CEO avatar, but also our client avatar. And then the Leaders Program, we talk on a greater scale. So we're happy to donate some of that information because we'd love to help you guys as much as we can. Uh, but before we you know, close out today's episode. There's something that's just near and dear to my heart where I've got this itching burn in my chest and it feels like I might have a rash, but in reality, I just need to know, Glenn, what is your pick of the week? My pick of the week is digital note-taking. I love taking digital notes. I switched over to digital uh, just over a year ago. I loved it. I actually learned how to do it from a CCT. good friend of ours. That's right, Curtis Clay Training, which I think he's, he starts doing, he's starting to do some consulting now as well, which is great. But uh, I think he may have given that presentation to like 10 or 15 people. And I think I was probably the first one that said, I want to double down on it. I really like the idea. It's been really great for me. So I take all of my notes. I got it here on this actually no, Lenovo laptop. It's actually a two-in-one. So I can flip it around. It came with a wonderful pen, which is great as well. And I use OneNote to take all my notes. And it's real simple. I created uh, maybe 15 different templates for all the different information I collect. And all I do is every time I have a new client come in, I just copy that entire folder, 
paste it as a new one, write their name in there, and they start taking information and data. It's made everything super easy. I don't have to carry around a whole bunch of clunky file folders. I never liked doing that to begin with. Everything's all in one spot. It's always backed up to the cloud. If for whatever reason I ever need to access that information, I can do it on my tablet whenever I want to. If I forget my tablet or if I had left a file folder at home, um, for whatever reason, I could always open it up on my phone and do my notes there. Not ideal, but accessible always if I need to. So I'm a big fan of using OneNote to create all those uh, notes. It took me less than a day to learn. It took me maybe a couple hours, honestly, to get everything set up. Um, great for Android and Windows users. I think if you want to use OneNote uh, and you're in the iPhone Apple system, you're going to have a harder time just because when you copy stuff, it it doesn't scale very well like a PNG file or a vector file. It actually saves as like a PDF which or, or a PNG. I'm not PNG, JPEG. Anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. What I'm trying to say is I really like going digital. Um, it's been great for my note taking. I didn't love giving people programs customized over like Trainerize or anything like that because you just don't get the amount of um, customization that you want when you write your own notes. But I highly recommend if you're looking to go out and go digital, you're tired of the paperwork, you want to have everything backed up for you every single time you use it, highly recommend using OneNote and start taking digital notes. It made a huge difference in my business. I absolutely love it. I'm going to be super simple with my pick of the week this week. And I do have a tech one that I want to do because I'm all about automation, but I want to actually do something a little different. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to parents. Honestly, nice. um, I, you know, I, you know, being a kid never really realized how much work having kids is and how much your parents, parents, a single parent or two parents do to help raise. So any of you that have had to, you know, you've got kids, uh, you have, or you are a parent, um, you have your parents. I mean, honestly, I want to just do a shout out to all parents, especially single parents, but also just moms and dads and parents of kids. Cause it's, it's crazy. I've got two kids right now and I want to like shout out to my wife. She is, uh, it's an insane, insane undertaking of tons and tons and tons and tons of simple tasks with uncontrollable variables consist consistently every single day, which is 100% outside of my values and preferences as a routine oriented person. Uh, it's insane. So uh, I'll kind of go do this like more emotional based one today. Shout out parents and moms and dads and whew, you guys rock. New level of respect for people that have raised kids. Uh, it's insane. So shout out to parents. Respect parents. Respect parents. All right, everybody. Well, Glenn, what do you got? I always say everybody, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Minds on Muscle show. We love talking about businesses. We love talking about scaling businesses, all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of people who are watching this episode probably aren't necessarily thinking about scaling their business. And so it might be one of the reasons why there's a few less live years today, which is fine. But if you aren't even thinking about scaling your business, and you're just a one-to-one -one trainer, all this stuff that we talked about right now, it matters just as much for you as it does for people trying to grow and blow up their businesses with multiple trainers working for them. So heed, in, uh, heed, heed our knowledge and advice. Try it on. Listen. If you ever want to ask us questions, let us know. Brandon's giving me the outro. All right, everybody. Well, yeah, that's where we're going to pin it up today. Honestly, thank you so much for your time. Fitness culture, we absolutely love it. Brandon, Glenn, he's Glenn. I'm Brandon. We'll see you guys next week. Fwee, 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 fwee. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I didn't realize what time it was. Ah, I love that. Where'd you get it? <laughs>